Hello and welcome all to this episode of the Main Volva, a podcast all about Norse and Scandinavian myth, heroes, and history. I'm your host, Hilda, and I want to thank you for returning to my comfortable corner of the world for more Norse knowledge and for accompanying me on my spiritual learning journey. We've officially made it to the sixth episode of this series, Halfway Through. This feels like such an important milestone in this series, though there's nothing really indicating anything extra special about this episode or the myth that we will be reading. Today's tale is titled Harbarsiljoth, which may be the only time in this episode I pronounce it semi-correctly. But it's also known as The Taunting of Thor by Odin. It is a lengthy poem in which Odin, in the disguise of the ferryman Greybeard, denies Thor passage on his ferry. And before we begin, I would like to let you all know, as always, the triggering mentions in this tale. If you're uncomfortable with the notion of death mentions, adultery, and or dubious sexual conduct, please stop the episode here and join us next time. Now, let's dive into this poem with our new special guest. So, everybody, I'm here with somebody new, my cousin Jonas. Hello, that's me. Hello. We're in Jonas's apartment, so the audio might be a little different, but the audio is always different. <laughs> there are cats that may join us for adventures. Air conditioner off. Sad, but that's okay. Um, and we're going to be reading this story. It's going to take me seven times to pronounce the name of. Harbarthsjoth. So, this myth is also called The Taunting of Thor by Odin. I'm going to mention that in the beginning. And it's about Thor coming back from the east and he came to a fjord. On the other side of the fjord was a ferryman named Greybeard. Right? Mm-hmm. I think you read this above beforehand, too. I read a summary of it. I didn't read the actual Yeah, because I couldn't find it. I sent you a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Hey man, Wikipedia, Wikipedia got me through high school. I ain't knocking oh, that. I feel that. All right. So we can jump in. Who is that man who stands on the other side of the fjord? The other man answered, Who is the man who calls from across the water? Thor said, Take me across the water and I'll give you some breakfast. I'm carrying a basket on my back and you'll find no better food. I ate in peace before I left home. I had some herring and goat, and I'm still full from that. The ferryman said, You're boasting about your breakfast, but you don't know if your homecoming will be glad. I think your mother is dead. Thor said, You're telling me news that would seem bad to anybody that my mother is dead. The ferryman said, You don't look like a man who owns good farms. There you stand, barefoot like a beggar, not even a good pair of pants on. Thor said, Row that boat over here. I'll show you the landing. Who owns that ship that you're on? The ferryman said, A man named Hildolf asked me to run the ferry. A wise and provident man who lives in Rathseyarsund. He asked me not to give rides to beggars or horse thieves, only good people and those I know well. Tell me your name if you want to cross the fjord. Thor said, I'll tell you my name. I'm no criminal, and I'm from a good family. I am Odin's son, Mele's brother, and Magni's father, warrior of the gods. You're talking to Thor here. (laughs) Now I'll ask in turn, what is your name? 
The ferryman said, Greybeard is my name. I rarely lie about that. Thor said, Why would anyone lie about that except to conceal some crime? Greybeard said, Whether or not I committed crimes, I'd still want to defend my life against people like you, unless my fated day had come. Thor said, It seems like a shame for me to wade over there and get at you and get my pants wet. But I'll pay you back, slanderer, for those nasty words if I get over this fjord. Greybeard said, I'll stand right here and wait for you. I think I'll be your toughest enemy since Hrungnir. Thor said, You want to talk about when I killed Hrungnir, that arrogant giant with a stone head? I knocked him down. I laid him out flat. What were you doing meanwhile, Greybeard? Greybeard said, I was with Fjolvar for five years on the island called Algrom. We were waging war, killing warriors, proving ourselves, and sampling the local ladies. Thor said, How did the women treat you? Greybeard said, We had girls who liked to kick, but sometimes they would act docile. We had wise women too, and sometimes they were loyal. Some of them wound some thread from a valley out of the sand. I made them all submit to my will. I slept with seven sisters, had their charms to myself. What were you doing, meanwhile, Thor? Thor said, I killed Thiasi, the bold giant. I threw the eyes of that son of Avaldi into the clear sky. Those are the greatest mo monuments to my deeds, which everyone can see ever since. What were you doing, meanwhile, Greybeard? Greybeard said, great seductions. In the night, I was ridden by women, stolen from their husbands. I think Hilbarth was a strong giant. He gave me a magic wand, and I enchanted away his wits. Thor said, you repaid him badly for his good gift. Greybeard said, the tree has only the space it can crowd another out of. Every man must look out for himself. What were you doing, meanwhile, Thor? Thor said, I was in the east fighting giants, evil women who lived in the mountains. There would be many more giants if they had all survived. There would not be a single human left on Meathgard. What were you doing, meanwhile, Greybeard? Greybeard said, I was in the south making battles. I turned princes against one another. I never made peace. Odin receives the powerful men who fall in battle, and Thor receives their servants. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Boom, exactly. Boom, roasted. Thor said, you deal out victory and default and defeat unfairly if you have so much power over battles. Greybeard said, you have plenty of strength, Thor, but you lack courage. Like a prince of cowards, you got stepped on in a glove. You didn't look much like Thor then. You didn't dare sneeze or break wind for fear that the giant Fjallar might hear you. Thor said, Greybeard, you sissy, I'll kill you if I get across this fjord. Love how sissy is like the translation word. I know. Some oh. of the translations really make me laugh sometimes, <laughs> despite the context of the story. Greybeard said, how are you going to get across? You have no transportation. What were you doing meanwhile, Thor? Thor said, I was in the east guarding a river when Svaring's sons attacked me. They threw stones at me, but they got little out of it. They ended up begging me for peace. What were you doing meanwhile, Greybeard? Greybeard said, I was in the east together with a certain lovely someone. I enjoyed myself with that beauty for quite a while. I showed the blonde a good time, and she showed me one. Thor said, you had a good-looking woman there. 
Greybeard said, I could have used your help, Thor. You could have helped me hold that gorgeous girl down. Least favorite part. Yeah. Thor said, I would have helped you if I had been there. Greybeard said, I would trust you about that if you hadn't tricked me before. Thor said, I'm no heel biter, no cheap old shoe in the springtime. I wonder wonder what what that that means. means. Yep, same brain. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Greybeard said, what were you doing meanwhile, Thor? Thor said, fighting berserkers' brides on the island Helisi. They had done evil things, assaulted everyone. Greybeard said, how shameful of you, Thor, fighting women. Thor said, they were wolves, hardly women. They broke my ship when I landed ashore, threatened me with iron rods, and chased my servant, Thialfi. What were you doing meanwhile, Greybeard? Greybeard said, I was with an army. We came this way to wave some war banners and get some spears bloody. Thor said, now you're saying you came to do the gods evil? Greybeard said, I'll give you this arm ring to make up for it. Fair judges would say it's an, uh, it's an equal value. Thor said, where did you learn to spit out all these hateful words? I know I've never heard more awful talk. Greybeard said, I learned this sort of talk from the old men who live in the forests of home. Thor said, you give a good name to burial mounds if you call them the forests of home. Greybeard said, that's how I talk about such things. Thor said, I'll repay you for this slander with a good beating if I can get across this fjord. I think you'd howl louder than a wolf if you felt my hammer on you. Greybeard said, your wife has a lover, Thor. You'll meet him if you go home. Then you'll really suffer. That one's a better target for your hammer. Thor said, you were just lying at random, saying whatever will most anger me. You cowardly fool, I think you're lying. Greybeard said, I think I'm telling the truth, but you're late completing your journey. You won't go home for a long time, even if you walk all day and night. Thor said, Greybeard, you sissy, you're the one who's held me up. Greybeard said, I didn't think that Thor would let some peasant hold him up on his journey. Thor said, here's some advice. Row the boat over to me and we'll stop this bickering and you'll meet me face to face. Greybeard said, get far away from here. You don't get to ride the ferry. Thor said, then show me the way around if you won't take me across. Greybeard said, (laughs) Greybeard said, I won't deny that request. It's a long walk. Go to the tree trunk and to the rock, then turn left till you reach Mithgard. There, your mother, the earth, will meet you and she'll show you the god's road to Ausgard. Thor said, can I get there today? Greybeard said, I suspect if you travel hard, you could be there before sundown. Thor said, I see this conversation is over since you only answer with insults. I'll pay you back for this delay if we ever meet again. Greybeard said, go now and have a bad journey. This episode of Facts and Finds comes directly from Smithsonian Magazine, albeit the online version. An article titled Archaeologists Unearth Viking Hall in Denmark, written by Sarah Kuta and published on the 6th of June, 2023, states... Archaeologists in Denmark have discovered the remains of a large structure that likely dates to the late Viking Age. 
They say it may have once functioned as a community hall, hosting political gatherings and other events between the late 9th and early 11th centuries. This is the largest Viking Age find of its nature in more than 10 years, and we have not seen anything like it before here in North Jutland, said Thomas Rune Knudsen, the excavation leader and an archaeologist with North Jutland Museums. The remains are located near Hoon, a village in northern Denmark. When it was fully intact, the building measured up to 131 feet long and was 26 to 32 feet wide. A series of 10 to 20 rectangular oak posts held up the roof. Researchers suspect the structure was larger than average houses at the time because it was potentially a very prestigious building. The hall's design is similar to that of structures archaeologists have found at Harald Bluetooth's Ring Fortress, including Freikat near the town of Hobro and Egersborg near the village of Egersund. Further speculation about the hall's owner is extrapolated from a runestone which stands nearby. They believe the hall and its subsequent land belonged to a nobleman named Runulf den Radsnild. The stone, which stands at nearly 5 feet, dates around 970 to 1020 CE and bears the words Hov Thorkild Thorbjorn, set their father Runulf den Radsnild's stone. It is difficult to prove that the found Viking hall belongs to the family of Runulf den Radsnilds, but it is certainly a possibility, said Knudsen. If nothing else, the rune stone and the hall represents the same social class, and both belong to society's elite. Archaeologists have only examined half of the Viking hall so far, but they aim to continue their efforts this year, weather permitting. They also plan to conduct radiocarbon dating to more accurately estimate the hall's age. I was reading really fast, but that was the myth of the name I won't pronounce. We're going to pretend it's like Voldemort <laughs> because I'm going to have to say it in the intro that I haven't recorded yet and it's going to be a time. But do you have any thoughts before I go on my little ramble? Um, <laughs> I think, I think Greybeard has the potential to be several different characters in Norse mythology. Um, I think this translation says he was supposed to be Odin, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. But his dynamic with Thor is very in character with something Loki would do, too. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, they're a whole family of little shits. So <laughs> I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if it was any one of them. I know. I agree with that. I do think it, it could be quite a few people. I do agree with that. And I don't know if... Um, it's stated specifically that it's supposed to be him, or if it's just speculated. Let me look in the pages. I think I think different translations will say different things, and it was it was like a debated fact I was reading about. Yeah, because this one says it is him confidently, but it don't think it says why. Fucking creative yeah. brain on uh, Odin, too, naming himself Greybeard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, he has lots of different names. I've had a couple already, but of course, I can't remember 
the other ones, but every time he goes on one of his exploits, basically he has a new name for himself so no one knows that it's him. And he's got magic, so he makes himself look completely different. You know, sly, sly, sly man. The slyest of men, honestly. Which I didn't realize until I started reading these stories. (laughs) Changing my worldview here. Odin in the myths is not Odin in Marvel. Oh, no. No, but I've talked about that before. It makes me grumpy about the portrayals of it and how people get so weird and, like, possessive. I saw on my Facebook the other day that it reminded me that this even happened. But when the Loki show was, like, on high, I remember so many people, so many Christian moms were upset that Loki was gender fluid in the show. I'm like, he's, like... In real life, like people believe canon, this. Like, in real like, life, like, canon life, he's gender fluid. <laughs> like, he's a shapeshifter. He can change it to whatever shape he wants. And I just thought that was really stupid. <laughs> Get, getting up in arms about the gender of a mythological being who is supposed to be, beyond, like, even beyond our understanding almost is yeah. hilarious. I know. I know. People get so up in arms about stuff. It's just silly. <laughs> And I read part of my notes to you before, which I'm just going to slap this in here because I thought it was being funny. And I think it's funny. So if I laugh, you know why. Um, And I just said, I did read through this myth prior to recording. And I felt that it would help me to properly articulate my thoughts a little bit more. It didn't work. (laughs) I even said so. However, I find now that I'm proven slightly wrong. I never know what to say in the discussion portions, especially when I'm by myself. I'm just kind of like, yeah, so that was that. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> it's hard to discuss things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, regardless, I still, I think this is the funniest thing I've ever written in my entire life. <laughs> that um, <laughs> This is the part I read to you before, so you know what I'm going to say. Is that I can't equate any other myth that I've read so far so closely to the modern day um pissing contest as it were as i can this myth um it may be an unfair assumption to make as there may be some value in uncovering each of the stanzas for what they are and it may simply be misunderstanding as i am not a man and i can begin to understand the workings of of a mind that is not my own however (laughs) to read through 10 pages worth of a father and son arguing about cowardice sexual conquests battles of renown and straight up bullying one another i couldn't find much else to equate it to it's almost stereotypical to me resembling a movie more than something that might be seen in someone's living room it's it's interesting to see how dynamics between family members have changed over time and between cultures and yet mm-hmm often are very similar to even modern day dynamics. Oh yeah. I made a comment like that in one of my the last couple episodes where it's really alarming to see how some trends are still very obviously around and haven't really changed based off of like societal pressures or anything versus like other like inconsequential ones that have morphed and adapted over time. Like a lot of these myths so far have mentions of dubious sexual content as right. i said earlier and that's just such a familiar trend through a lot of things through norse mythology and greek mythology like any other mythology i can think of that i've read all have those trends and they still very much exist now and that's kind of scary 
yes. that those are the things that wouldn't have changed over time. Like people aren't learning from these mistakes. Well, I think it goes perhaps deeper than that in that these are specific human characteristics and characterizations. Um, and we, as a species, physiologically haven't evolved past those types of behavior. So it's it feels like we're more akin to people from the past in those specific ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I promise it makes sense to me. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> Spicy brain, it doesn't work. But I agree with you. And I think that's the most in-depth discussion point that's been made to me so far. (laughs) Even from my own brain. I'm not sure I have much else to say about it. Other than there's some some stuff in there. Didn't like it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, lots of things don't don't age well in that poem. Yeah. It's not a fan of the... the, uh... Implications. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. But you know what? That's also something that uh, the patriarchy has had trouble with <laughs> lately, too. Curse the patriarchy. And that's, that doesn't exactly relate to another point I thought of when I was thinking, you know, how obviously I don't like that. And as a woman, I don't like it. And just mm-hmm. as a, like a normal, good human, common yeah. sense person, I don't like it. Um, and I was thinking about how, no, I just lost my point. Oh, damn it. I hate when that happens. I like, it's insane to me that people would, like, worship these deities that were so, so very obviously human in their, in their actions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that's what they would put on a pedestal to be divine Mm -hmm. when you could basically choose anything. I did remember my point now, now that you said that. Yes. How um, I do try to take into consideration a lot of the times with these myths that obviously Vikings, as like like the people that worshipped these deities, had certain concepts and opinions or whatever, and they had certain ways that they lived their lives that lots of like you know white bro dudes like that happened to read history books like want to idolize the fact that Vikings pillaged and like raped people, whatever. That's the part that they care about. But also with these stories, the Vikings didn't have their own written language, really. They wrote in runes, but it wasn't like to record their stories. It, all of their stories were written down by other like races and religious-based people. And the Poetic Edda wasn't actually published until 200 years after the Viking Age was over by a Christian man. So it's also entirely possible that a lot of it not a lot of it, I'll say, but some of it could be exaggerated to demonize it, to help more people, yeah. like, scoot their way into Christianity, you know, pre-age propaganda for Christians. It's it's frustrating to not have an accurate image of things historically exactly. because of the historical inaccuracies that are so ingrained in a lot of the things we learn. Exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... It's like that phrase that I'm going to butcher where, you know, the victor writes the history books. Yeah. You know, history is women is written by the victors or whatever. That's that's more that's closer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so it's hard to really say 
not to, you know, be a denier of like actuality or anything, but I'm definitely someone who spent a lot of time <laughs> arguing with <laughs> white supremacist bro dudes on the internet about how, yeah, you know, Vikings were farmers too, you know, they weren't all about just the average person in Scandinavia in that age weren't raiding and doing any of that shit to people. They were similar culturally and technologically to other peoples exactly. of the region. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't all just that, which is an interesting thing to think that people would think. Well, I think with a lot of ancient cultures and, you know, not not even that the Vikings are ancient necessarily, comparatively mm-hmm. to a lot of others, um, but I think um... Fuck, no, I lost my point. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Your spicy brain is making my brain spicier. I affected you with the spicy brain. I didn't know that's how it worked. Well, I think, um, I think people pick out parts of cultures that they want to idolize, and it's very indicative of both modern culture and the individual, what they choose from a culture to emulate and to idolize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the other aspects of culture gets lost because we pick out specific things to idolize. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people know a lot of the surface parts about Egyptian culture, for example. Yep. But they don't realize that Egyptian culture evolved more than Western culture has in the past 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Just because... There was 4,000 years of Egyptian history. Mm -hmm. By the time Cleopatra was alive, the pyramids had existed for thousands of years. And uh, reducing reducing a culture to, say, the Egyptian aesthetic or, you know, the Egyptian pantheon is also to deny a lot of parts of the other cultures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important to encompass everything. When, yeah. when uh, per, being part of some part of the religion or worshiping the deities, like I do with the Norse pantheon, it's important to be aware of all of the information, not just like the yeah. selective pieces you want to pick and pull from. It's like being a historian, but only studying wars. Yeah, yeah, kind of like they teach in school. I hate it. <laughs> date date ranges and <laughs> people. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I got a little wordy there. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, this is good. Like I said, this is the longest discussion I've had about one of these episodes. I should have it on every single episode. It's the Anna and Jonas podcast now. <laughs> the Annas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, I'm a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll say something. This is my cat. His name is Little Man. You can't really see him, I would imagine, but he's... Do you have something to say, Little Man? He's a lot louder when it's the morning and I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. You're looking pretty hard at me. I I don't know what you want to say. You have to say it into the microphone. (laughs) He doesn't want to say anything. No, he doesn't want to. That's okay. I'll forgive you He wasn't possessed with the power of speech. That's all right. Well, I don't think I have any other thoughts about this. I'll probably think of thoughts later, but that's fine. Don't gotta get them all out. Um, but it was good recording with you. Do you have any final thoughts? 
I think mm. you've got them all out now. I think if I had any other final thoughts, they would be too vapid for me to verbalize. <laughs> uh, but thanks for having me on. It's been great. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to an all-new segment that we will be calling History with Hilda. And in this portion of the episode, the intention is to revisit one of the mentioned historical figures, locations, or significant items, particularly from our Facts and Finds segments, in order to expand our knowledge and learn a little something new. This month, we'll be taking a look at the mentioned Harald Bluetooth. Harald Bluetooth, born Harald Gormson, was the son of King Gorm the Old in Thyra Danbold. He ruled as King of Denmark from 958 to 986, and is best known primarily for the fact that he introduced Christianity to Denmark. This marked him as the first Christian king in Denmark, making the conversion from paganism far more durable. This conversion was, in addition, a political decision to preserve the Danish borders, which were under threat by Otto the Great, the East Frankish king and Holy Roman Emperor of the time. With Bluetooth's conversion came the continued independence of the Danish church and a far more open and accepting view of mixed religions. This is, Bluetooth wished to keep his people's trust and promised a smooth transition to those that wished to follow in his footsteps, but he would not force them to give up their old beliefs. He would later become reborn in the late 90s with the creation of Bluetooth, which was named after him and is designed Knitlinga. The dynasty was started by Harald's grandfather and, and legendary Danish king, Hartekunut. The Jelling dynasty's successive kinds shaped Denmark's kingdom, making it one of the most powerful in the 11th century Northern Europe. At its peak, the territory spread from northern Norway to England. Harald fortified the fortress of Eros, among other public works projects, and was responsible for the construction of the only five known ring fortresses of the age, Trelleborg, Boring, Nenabokin, Freikat, and Egersborg. Harald reigned over Denmark between 958 to 986, and was described as a remarkable by force of his mind and faith, and also deprived of wisdom and without great intelligence. Many chroniclers, after passing, praised the great warrior and the king and wrote about the animosity between Harald and his son, Sven Forkbeard, who would ultimately usurp his father, seizing the throne and exiling Harald, who would die shortly afterward. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Year of Myths. As stated at the beginning of this episode, I'm delighted to have made it halfway through this series, and I look forward to the next six episodes going as smoothly. The journey so far has been one that I've enjoyed through all of the questionable but semi-accurate time-sorted content. If I cherish anything above all others in this series, it is the chance to uncover accurately translated historical context directly from the original Poetic Edda. There is a thrill to it that sets my heart ablaze. 
Stay tuned after this episode for an ASMR azing trailer from Allegra of the Forest Bath Pod. Her latest episode features Northeastern herbalist and shop owner Tanya Donatelli. Join them as they discuss one of my personal favorite forage topics together, mushrooms. New episodes are sporadic for the forest bath, but always well worth the wait. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Greetings, and welcome to the Forest Bath Podcast. My name is Allegra, and I'm a studying herbalist and green witch located here on Wabanaki Penobscot land, also known as Southern Maine. This podcast is inspired by nature and our community here in the Northeast, where the white pines and the coastal sea meet together. It is my intention on this podcast to share healing and learning through stories and conversations with wise folk, healers, daydreamers, farmers, and land stewards, while also meeting and coming in closer relation and reciprocity with our plant and mushroom elders. Join me for the first episode on the spring equinox. I hope to see you soon for a soothing forest bath. Until then, be well.